Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Paul's man. 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 Yo, nah, yo, what's up? This is the. I fucked that whole intro up. <laughs> um, this is. <laughs> uh, this is episode twenty-seven of the podcast. So we're at the 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 Maybe I should re-record that. Or I should just leave it. Now this is episode 27 of the 40 Ounce Fridays podcast. We're at the finale of the season, I guess, if you want to call it that, since... <clears throat> oh my god, my voice. Since this is the last one of the year. Um, Christmas was the other day, guys. How was your Christmas? I know you can't tell me that directly, but you can... Comment <sighs> and do all that good stuff. Look, we're just gonna or try to jump into it. I always try to jump into it, and then I end up rambling for like forty minutes about some stuff and some things. But no, Christmas was cool. Um, didn't do much mainly. I, I was at home for like the first half of my day, pretty much. Then I went out, went out, went out. Hung out with my girlfriend, hung out with some friends. It was cool. And then I had to go to work at 6 a.m. the next day. So, I ended up crashing at a friend's house. Because it was raining outside and the Uber was surging. And we were all drunk. So, uh, I went to sleep at like 12. And had to get up at like 5 in the morning to go to work. (laughs) And it always shocks me. When I, when I come into work early, this is the earliest I went into work was like 6 a.m. But, um, it's always weird, like, coming in at like 7.30 or even like 8 o'clock and seeing so many people in one place at one time, because I don't, like, sometimes I'll be up that early, but I won't leave my house until like at least 9 o'clock, usually maybe even 10, to go do anything. I kind of just lounge around for a really long time. So it's always weird, like, going into work, and I have, like, this, like, thought in my head, regardless of, like, oh, it'll be slow, no one will come in, and people, like, are just coming in, I'm just like, how? How are you up? How are you awake? How are you here? (laughs) So, when I got there at 6, because, um, I got dropped off there, I could see people inside, (laughs) and the whole parking lot is empty, there's, like, one big-ass, uh, Delivery truck delivering, like, you know, uh, food and stuff to the stores next door. Like, they're, like, stock and inventory. But, like, the parking lot's completely fucking empty, except for, like, these three cars parked in front of where I work. 
So it's just like, how? How are you guys... How is this even possible? People really come in at 6 a.m. to get bagels. It's... It's ridiculous. But anyhow, I did that. And I kind of just lounged for the rest of yesterday, but... I have almost all my energy, my juice back, so to speak. And, uh... We're gonna do this. And then I'm gonna be lazy some more today. Because <laughs> then I gotta work the weekend. I gotta work New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So hip hip hooray for me. But, um... Let's just jump into this. Sorry for the laziness. I'm, I'm tired. I'll probably just get more and more energized as things go along. But um, we're just going to talk about plans for 2020. Uh, going over, like, you know, whether it be, like, the podcast, uh, another random tale, this and that, that and this, da-da-da. Um, my favorite things from, like... The decade, because we already went over, like, my favorite things from this year, I uh, believe. Yeah, we talked about, like, music and games and stuff, and I briefly went into my favorite stuff for the decade, but I didn't get too into it, just because I didn't have enough time, and I didn't want to rush those things, as I feel like those things uh, deserve a little more time to be discussed and talked about. And, yeah, I want to try to just do a little chill, positive, end-of-the-year podcast-type deal. Because we should end it off positive. Because last week I was just kind of ranting for an hour. <laughs> and, and while that was fun, and it helped me uh, release some stress, I don't want to end the year off angry. <laughs> so, hopefully, hopefully we get through that. Get through this pretty chill. So let's get into it. So first off, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Raid Shadow Legends. No, I'm just kidding. We... <laughs> Can you imagine if I was making that, uh, that Raid Shadow Legends money? I don't know if, uh, anyone knows about that, but, uh, if you watch as much YouTube as I do. Well, not recently for, well, yeah, yeah, because people, a lot of YouTubers do, uh, their ads in their videos. Instead of just, ooh, excuse me, having mid-rolls. Um, YouTube, YouTubers make their money off of, like, AdSense and pretty much, uh, sponsors. So when you are watching YouTube and an ad plays, that's how they that's how they get money from how many ads played through like a video, not just purely how many views, how much the video is watched through. A lot of other analytical stuff, but um, a lot of YouTubers get like sponsorships directly. You know, like oh, we'll give you a bag, just you know, advertise our game, and they're just our our app or our service or whatever. And some of them are cool, like. Skillshare looks really cool. I haven't heard anything really bad about Skillshare. It's like, uh, well, I ain't even gonna talk about it because they're not paying me to talk about it. But, <laughs> anywho, um, there's this one mobile game that a lot of YouTubers for like a good string of like maybe five to six months were, uh, <laughs> were talking about during their videos. It wasn't like a mid roll ad, like an ad that just plays during a YouTube video. You know how in the middle of the video it's just like, let me play this ad really quick that you can skip in five seconds. It'll be during the video. They have, like, you know, that promotion. <coughs> Excuse me. Because they're getting paid directly to do it. Kind of like how um, sometimes uh, podcasters will do their promotions. Instead of being pre-recorded, they'll just read it during the recording. But they'll do a little skit or, like, ad, you know, just their own little spin to advertise it. And it was Raid Shadow Legends. It's, like, some mobile fantasy RPG thing. 
And, you know, the, the whole, you could tell they all got the same script because it was just, like, beautiful console-level graphics and intriguing story, tactical and smart gameplay, this and this, PvP, different factions, all that stuff. They just kind of all had their own spin on it. But, um, it went on for six months and just kind of became, like, a big joke. Not only between, like, people who were watching, like, YouTube videos, but, like, the con- content creators, creators themselves. I don't know why I butchered that. Content creators themselves. So, um, now it's gotten to a point where a lot of people are, like, openly, like, hating on those niggas. <laughs> like, Raid Shadow Legends. Because the game is not that great. It's your standled, uh, stand- standled, standard, uh, gotcha RPG clicky click mobile game um you can even have like autoplay so that just like takes away the aspect of you actually doing anything you know how that is and they bombard you with ads to buy like their packs when you every time you open up the app like here purchase this premium stuff you know i even tried it out just because i was like it was getting thrown at me so many times i'm like i have to see if they're like serious about liking this game or they're just flexing for a bag and they were (laughs) it was it was for the bag it was definitely for the bag the game's not bad as far as mobile games go but it's like a mobile gotcha game so it's just eh, it's what i expected um i uninstalled that shit because i don't i don't i don't got time to play this (laughs) but yeah it's gotten to the point where like some, a lot of YouTubers that I'll watch, even, like, when the video starts, they used to, like, advertise Raid a lot, because, you know, they needed the bread, but now that they saw that their, uh, their audience wasn't really feeling it, they're like, okay, it's not worth it, but they'll, like, joke about it, they'll be like, this video is brought to you by Raid, ha, <laughs> you thought I was gonna do it, like, shit like that, or some people just flat out admit they have not fucking, um, they, they get the emails for the, for the ads, or for, for, from Raid to, like, be a sponsor, and they're just like, no, leave me alone, <laughs> and they try to do everything in their power to get the emails to stop coming, but anyway, I, that was just me giving a long explanation of why I had to do the raid joke before the year ended, because I doubt we'll see them ever again, <laughs> unless they make a raid Shadow Legends 2, I don't fucking know, um, but... This 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 podcast was sponsored by me, actually, if I really think about it. I'm the one paying this popping subscription. <laughs> so thank you, me. Thank you for funding my dreams. <laughs> you gotta do it yourself sometimes. Um, okay, so 2020. What are we doing 2020? Um, I'm still doing the podcast. Uh, I said I wanted to start a season two, so to speak. Like, this is like the season finale kind of thing. So season two, so to speak, is gonna be like... Uh, I kind of want, I don't want a full structure, because I feel like, I don't want to say my rambles are perfect, because they're not, I ramble a lot, and I need to chill on that, <laughs> I just rambled about that raid ad, um, but, uh, I don't want to say, like, a full-on structure, but kind of like, a more, I guess like a more skeletal structure, like an outline for how I want each, uh, episode to be, kind of just like, you do the introductions, maybe like, quick little bits of stuff I've heard about, like, with games and anime and manga, music, all that stuff, just kind of quickly go over, like, little topics. I want to start reviewing the Yu Yu Hakusho episodes again, because I think I said that before when I stopped doing the analysis, that I wasn't, like, feeling I was giving the analysis enough justice. I kind of just felt like I was more, uh, regurgitating the plot, just in this fast, 
not as good. Like, like if I was going to do that, you might as well just watch the show kind of thing. So I want to do, like, actual kind of, like, review retrospective. And I feel like the problem was I was trying to go over, like, full arcs or, like, a half an arc during podcast episodes. And I just didn't have enough time to explain everything I wanted to explain. So rather doing that, I want to do... This is something that I want to be, like, a definite thing for uh, next year when we do more podcast episodes. I want to, like, re-watch Yu Yu show because... I needed a fucking 3,000th excuse to rewatch Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, I just finished it again earlier this year. But uh, I want to rewatch it, but I want to watch it weekly. What I'm going to do is uh, I'll watch the episode maybe at like the top of the week, day before, or something like that. I'll watch it sometime before I record the podcast. And I want to actually like sit down, think about the episode... You know, review it, talk about it a little bit, go into the details of the things I was trying to explain in the retrospective that I just didn't have enough time to explain. So we'll just do that weekly, and that'll kind of be like a weekly bit, weekly little series, mini thing, segment, topic. And that's going to last a long time, um, because there's like 112 episodes of Yu Show, so 112 weeks of that. But that'll be a little segment. I feel like if I have like... A solid 20 to 25 minutes. I don't want to do a full half hour. So I'll just say like 20 to 30 minutes. Depending on the episode and how much I have to talk about it. Just dedicated to a Yu Hakusho episode. Where I can just get all my thoughts out on it. And then we can move along. So it'd be like the introductions. Quick little news. Yu Yu Hakusho bits. Main comments. Or main comment. Main topic. Whatever we're going to be discussing that week. And then the outro. So... I I don't like to structure myself too much because I tend to, like, want to go off the structure. Like, when there's, like, rules, when there's, like, rules laid out or kind of, like, you have to follow it like this, I tend to want to not do that, even when I set the rules up myself. But I feel like I can make that loose enough where things can be switched around. Like, I feel like the only, like, for sure thing... In that is the Yu Hakusho episode stuff, and I like, that's my favorite anime of all time, so I'm definitely going to do that, regardless of how I feel <laughs> about the rest of the structure, and maybe occasionally things will get moved around, or we'll do, like, the Yu Hakusho review, and then one big topic instead of just quick news, or maybe we'll do several smaller topics instead of one main topic and some quick news. It, it'll all depend on how it goes by through the weeks, but that's kind of the idea I have set up. Intro... Quick news, Yu Yu Hakusho, main topic, outro. So that's what I want to do for for next year. Also, uh, yeah, I still am getting the better recording equipment. I want to do that, definitely. <laughs> because uh, I do listen back to these, these podcast episodes. If not the whole episode, then, like, good chunks. I'll kind of, you know, listen to the beginning. Then I'll, like, fast-forward a couple minutes, listen to some stuff in the middle. But I'll, I'll listen to a good majority of each episode, like, listen back to it to see uh, what I feel like I need to work on, was I uh, staying on topic, tangents, da-da-da-da-da. I feel like this first season was a lot more, like, freeform and free roam. I was just kind of trying to grasp a feel for everything, and now that I kind of have that, I can work on it better. But I need the better equipment. But, um... That won't happen right away. 
like for that to happen right away, I would have needed to get the stuff I needed like right now. And I just was not in the position to do that. But um, over time, next year, uh, I'll be doing that. I already have like uh, stuff planned down on like wish list I can get, this and that. Uh, I'm going to do a little more research, maybe go shopping at some stores directly, see what I can find. And then over time, buy all that stuff. And then, um, so maybe like the first few episodes in the new year will still kind of sound like this, just with like that newer structure. And then over time, we'll try to upgrade and update ourselves. But other than that, that's that's it for the, that's the podcast. The podcast is just going to keep cruising through. And um, I think we did we did okay for you know me starting out. I started doing this in like what. June, I did, like, a few little test episodes in June, and then after that, I did, like, three of those, and then I started. So, I, we've been doing it for, like, six, seven months. Um, and thanks for rocking with me as much as you guys have. I know um, I post the, the episodes of the podcast on Facebook and on YouTube, but I really, really appreciate it if you guys just came to Podbean directly. The reason why I have... Um, the episodes up on Facebook and on YouTube is, you know, extra exposure, uh, stuff to show off on the art project page as well. And while I would like you guys to also support art projects, the art project page for other stuff I'm working on, when it comes to the podcast, I'd rather you come to Podbean directly, purely because uh, it shows me, Podbean shows me how many views I get, um, comics, comments I directly get on episodes. If you follow Podbean, you get notified of the episodes, and it shows me how many people are actually following the podcast, so it shows it shows a level of engagement, so I'd rather you come directly to the app. I know some people don't want to do that, because they don't want to download the app or something like that, and that's fine, that's why I offer the other options, because at the end of the day, if you're listening, and I know some people give me feedback on Facebook rather than on Podbean because they don't listen to it on Podbean. But um, number one way to support the podcast, go ahead and like it on Podbean. That's another thing I need to do. I need to try to upload it to different places. And when I get, like, the better stuff, the better equipment, I'll feel more comfortable uploading it to more multiple podcasting platforms. So we'll, we'll, we'll that'll be a touch-and-go thing. We'll come to it when we cross that bridge when we get to it. Um... I think that's it for, like, podcast news. I don't think I have anything else to add to that besides, like, that's the plan. Uh, thanks for the support. We did we, we did a hype for something that's, like, relatively unknown with zero following just starting out. I think we, we did doing okay. It's just going to take more effort to continue to grow that. So once that happens, that happens. Oh, excuse me. But I ain't stressing. <laughs> Uh, art project. Um, in terms of art project altogether, um, also if you don't know what art project is, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, it's pretty much, I don't want to say my company, because it's not really a company yet, I, you gotta do a lot of steps to make something like that, but it's the idea I have for like, company, group, whatever you want to call it, um, just, uh, well, well, we'll call it, like, group right now for uh, all my creative needs, whether it be, like, for podcasting, 
for the comic books that I am working on and other stuff I have planned to do later once we uh, are in a position to do that. But yeah, uh, our project, we're doing all right. We're finally, 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 it took me long enough to do it, but we're finally like laying out groundwork (laughs) and roots to get things started. So hopefully 2020 we can actually start moving forward. And when I say actually start moving forward, I mean, like I said, like improve on the podcast to try to get a bigger following and start the comic another random tale. Sorry with all the stretching, dude. I'm really sore. I slept like a fucking idiot last night. But, um, yeah, start on the comic another random tale. Uh, that's the story I've been working on for a while now, but, uh, I finally have a team together. I've been talking about that. I got an illustrator, two illustrators, in fact. Like, uh, one's mainly working more on background stuff and things of that nature. And one, like, main character designer. I have an editor. It's going to help me uh, edit the story bits that I need to, dialogue, things like that. Say, pretty much there to be like, yo, I don't really think this is a good idea. Another voice of reason, of course. You, you need another input. So, we have that. And then we have uh, a social media coordinator. Uh, haven't really started on that yet. But I think once we hit 2020, it's a fresh year. So I'll try to jump on that more. But um, yeah, we have been working for like the last like month, month, month and a half, something like that. We've been meeting up at least once a week, getting together uh, and working on things. We finally, um, we did like a little, I wrote an outline for a, the newer draft of the first chapter, which is uh, pretty much just written to be more in a comic book format, and we were going over it to get a feel for the story, and we started like a little bit of storyboarding, drawing a little, uh, they were drawing some, you know, basic designs for the characters, for ideas, yet nothing's like solid, solid yet, but um, next time we meet up, we're supposed to, you know, well, we're also, they were supposed to, you know, get some storyboarding done on their own separately, and then we were all going to get together, compare notes, compare ideas, and make one solid storyboard for that first chapter. So the plan, hopefully, as soon as possible, is to get kind of like a draft chapter, or a pilot chapter of the first chapter of Another Random Tale out some point, and I feel like for that pilot chapter, I'm, well, of course, for the pilot chapter, I'm going to release it for free. Because, um, the main thing I'm looking for at that point is opinions, you know, criticism, comments, questions, things like that to see, hey, what can we do to make this as good as it can possibly be? That's what I'll be looking for. And if we get, you know, mostly positive reception, I don't feel like we'll need to redo that chapter unless we want to, you know, touch up on some artwork some other designs, maybe, like, some story beats here and there, but, um, depending, that might just, you know, stay that first official chapter, and we'll just keep going from there, or after that pilot chapter, we'll have to redo chapter one for an official release, but ideally, that's what I want to do. Do I want to sell another random tale as a comic? Yes. Yes, I do, because when you put so much time and energy and work into something, Especially when you have other people involved. I have, like, four other people involved. Um, you're going to want money out of it. <laughs> like, because cause if, we, if we can get money off of it and make money off of it, 
and make it something more and more successful over time, we don't have to worry about being constrained of like, oh, I got to work, so I can't do this today. It's like, the the goal is to have that be my job, but it's going to take a lot of time. But yeah, eventually I, I want to sell them. They'll, they'll be sold for cheap, don't even trip. Um, they they shouldn't be relatively expensive. But um, yeah, hopefully I want to sell that. And um, people have recommended, several people have recommended to me that, hey, you should start a Patreon. And it's just like, people keep doing that. And it's like, I'm down to do a Patreon, but only when I for sure have something to offer. Since like a lot of the stuff I've, been having, like, has mainly been, um, either still in the brain, an idea process, or just really, really basic. I don't want to, I don't want support for it yet, so, like, maybe some point in 2020 when we have, like, a more stable footing, like, maybe when that pilot draft comes out, like I said, that'll be free, but then maybe I'll open up a Patreon for Art Project exclusively, and then whoever donates to that is directly funding us working on art project, like getting more supplies, better equipment, things like that. And then we'll go from there. But as of right now, I don't want to do a Patreon just because I, that money's not going to be really used for anything yet. (laughs) So I'd feel, I'd feel kind of dirty having it essentially. I remember when I streamed too, back when I was streaming on Twitch still, somebody was like, yeah, you should do a Patreon for donations. I was like, hmm. I don't really feel comfortable doing that because I wasn't even, like, affiliate yet. And I never made affiliate just because I didn't stream enough. I met all the requirements. I just didn't keep enough concurrent viewers. And that was because I wasn't streaming enough. I needed to stream more often, and I just... I got too busy. I was too tired. But, you know, it is what it is. I one day want to stream again, too. It's just not going to be anytime soon. It's not planned for... It, there's no schedule for it. I would love to, and my friends, a lot of my friends, a few of them who are affiliate, were like, yeah, dude, you should go back to streaming again, because, you know, they would watch it sometimes, they said, and they, they really enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I should. I just don't have the time. The only time I can really stream is at night, where, you know, most people do, but I can't be, like, super loud you know, I got neighbors, this and that, I got work in the morning, I'll have work that same day, so I'll be exhausted, I gotta work on another random tale, uh, I gotta try to find free time for me to just relax, I'm behind on manga, <laughs> like, fucking heavy nerd problems, but still, like, I, I got a lot on my plate that I need to sort out for myself. But, um, one day eventually I want to, like, when I know I have the freedom to consistently stream, just end up streaming again. So that'd be cool. But, um, yeah, go to Facebook, support the Art Project page. That's the main, main, main place you're going to find whatever I'm doing. Whether it be stuff for Another Random Tale, whether it be stuff for the podcast, because, like I said, I upload episodes there, and I upload links to Podbean to listen to the podcast on Podbean directly because um, it takes time for the episode to also upload to Facebook and YouTube. So I just share the link. That way, if, like, if you want to watch it now, it's up on Podbean. And like I said, I want more traffic to Podbean. These are just alternative options. But um, that, for anything else I'm going to be doing, 
that's the main place to find it. That's where I post most of my stuff. I know it's starting to get to the point where people are like, Facebook is for old people, but it's just like, I already had that. I've already had that Facebook page for so long because it was like back when I was running a very, very different story, like years and years ago, it was a page for that. And then I totally just revamped the page for another storyline, um, which is, which eventually became another random tale. But, uh, now that I'm really like out here doing more stuff involving another random tale, I don't just want to like ditch the Facebook page because, well, now that I'm doing stuff, I want it to stay. And I've kind of like, I've actually been gaining new likes recently, which has been freaking me out. I know that's a good thing, but I'm just like, why are people hearing about this shit? <laughs> Like, I gained, like, it hasn't been, like, drastically a lot, but I gained, like, a couple of new likes. Like, I gained, like, two or three last week, and then the week before that I had one, and the, like, two weeks prior I had. But it's, like, people I know I don't know, so I'm just like, how the fuck? So, I'm slowly gaining, like, very, very, very slowly, but surely am, like, gaining more eyes watching me in terms of what uh, Art Project's page is doing. So now I'm just like... Well, if this keeps up, and especially if it speeds up, I don't want to just ditch the page because this is going to be a following. This is where I'm going to have access to people giving me input or telling me they like something or, hey, da-da-da-da-da, asking questions, information, maybe be able to help me out with uh, certain aspects of the business of making a comic or doing a podcast and stuff like that. So I just don't want to ditch the page because it's kind of important to me at this point, and I've kind of sunk a lot of time into it. So now that I'm finally seeing a return on that, I don't want to leave it in dust, but yeah, we don't, I don't have a lot of likes on that page. It's less than a hundred. I know that. I think, I think we just hit like maybe 70 something. I think I could be completely wrong, but, um, I gained a good chunk of likes this year and that's because I've been putting myself out there more and I need to keep doing that. I need to consistently do that. So which is why I have a social one a social media coordinator, which is why I got someone to do that or is going to do that because I'm not consistent enough when it comes to social media. Not because I don't want to, just cuz I forget. I'm lazy. So I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, I should have I should have posted something about this." So I try to. It's just hard to keep up to get in that habit for me cuz normally if I'm on my phone, I'm looking at memes or I'm watching like YouTube or I'm reading manga. <laughs> like like, I'm not, I'm not, like, posting, posting, um, if you're my friend on Facebook, you'll see me post some, like, nerdy opinion stuff, but, uh, it's not constant enough, so, yeah, because we also have an Instagram and a Twitter, I completely fucking do not use that Twitter, <laughs> I'll, like, read tweets from, like, a lot of, uh, popular, like, nerd people or YouTubers I follow, on Twitter, but, like, tweeting, like, I, I just don't, <laughs> like, sometimes I'll tweet the link to the podcast if I remember to, but that's about it, Instagram, I've been using Instagram a little more often, I want to say, especially since it's linked to the Facebook page, so whenever I, like, post a photo or a video onto Instagram, it automatically posts to Art Project's Facebook page as well, so that's helpful for me, because I'm just like, well, I might as well post this on Instagram, because it's going to auto-post to Facebook, so then I have them posted on both. But um, that's that's about it. That's as far as it goes. 
and the YouTube channel doesn't do anything. I just have um, podcast episodes get uploaded there, too, in case people want to watch it on YouTube. Uh, I need to do other stuff. But, yeah, like, <laughs> it's a lot I need to expand on. And I'm going to try to take the time to do that next year, but that's why I have uh, someone going to be doing the social media stuff for me. For, like, at least Twitter and Instagram, maybe the Facebook page, too. YouTube, I feel like I'll still try to handle more, like, besides posting podcast episodes, maybe I'll post, like, other videos. Um, when we're actually, like, working, working on another random tale, like, writing the storyboard, or drawing the storyboard out, and forming that pilot comic, maybe I'll have little video snippets of us working. Um, it's like, we'll be working throughout the night, but we'll be clowning and joking and drinking at the same time, so, maybe we'll get some funny moments from that, who knows. But, um, a lot of stuff I need to get together. It's hard to do, personally for me, just because I got a million thoughts going through my brain at the same fucking time, and I have to go to work, and though I don't have to, I'm I'm lucky because my current job, we close pretty early, so the latest I usually get home is like five-ish, probably a little later, maybe like seven-ish if I go hang out with my girlfriend like right after work, but... It's lucky for me that I don't have to worry about, like, oh, I gotta work tonight so I can't work on another random tale. Because I always know when I get home I could work on another random tale. I always know I could go work on this or that. It's just, do I have the energy to do it? And sometimes I don't, and sometimes I have to push myself to do it. Not because it's like, oh, this is such a chore. It's like, I want to do it, I'm just so fucking tired. So I need to work out more, too. (laughs) I think that'll help. Um... But yeah, that's that's the general consensus of what we're doing 2020. Uh, anything else? I might update just on the page. Like if I have any other plans. Like music, I want to do more music. And a lot of the friends I do music with want to do more music. That's also another matter of finding the time. Because being an adult who wants to have hobbies is hard. <laughs> because you have to go to work. And then you also have to sleep. You also have to have time to yourself. You can't just be around people all the time. You need alone time. (laughs) But then not too much alone time because then you become (laughs) antisocial. So that's, that's a matter of time. Uh, I am, I am writing some stuff like in terms of like music, poetry. So maybe I'll like post that to the page. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But that's another aspect. That's like the bottom aspect just because that one's going to take more time to start up than the rest at this current point, but it is something I, I have, I've been thinking about, so hopefully we'll get to that, and I also have to time, find time to play games, I'm almost done with Valkyrie Chronicles 4, uh, update on that, I think I talked about that either last week or two weeks ago, I'm almost, almost done, I'm on the last fight of the last chapter, but, um, <laughs> I started it last night, And I kind of just saved it and closed the game because I'm like, yo, this shit about to be hard. I really don't feel like sinking a lot of time into this. (laughs) Like, it's gonna, like, it's, the objective is simple enough. You just have to destroy this giant last enemy tank or something like that. But it's going to be so hard to destroy, and I know for a fact that it is. (laughs) So I'm just like, oh, this is going to take so much time to do. I don't want to deal with it right now. (laughs) 
Like, I didn't want to deal with it right at that point. I want to try to finish it before the year ends, though. So I, I got some time. I got about a week. Less than a week, right? When is New Year's Eve? Tuesday or Monday? What, what What's the date? <laughs> 27th? So, tomorrow's the 28th, 29th, 30th. Tuesday is, is New Year's Eve. Right? Right? Or am I tripping? Yeah. Tuesday is the 31st. So, um, I want to try to finish it by Tuesday then. Hopefully Monday night. That way I don't have to... Because I want to go out on New Year's Eve too. My girlfriend wants me to. So I don't want to just be like hanging out with people, partying and drinking. And meanwhile, I have my Switch. I'll be like, everyone shut up. This is really sensitive. <laughs> and it's been stressing me out because my, uh, my Joy-Cons, like many others, many other Switch owners have uh, been experiencing what is the known as the Joy-Con drift where uh, if you if you don't own a Switch or if you're one of the lucky people who just hasn't experienced this after having their Switch for like over a year um it usually occurs after about a year of use you some people said even shorter than that mine was a little short of a year it started like at the start of December that I really started having this issue. So that's a little shy of a year because I got my Switch on the 30th of December. Or the 29th. It was the 29th. So it was it was like, you know, a little shy of a month before a year. But um, around that point, if you, have, if you don't know what Joy-Con Drift is, because I didn't know for a while either. Um, Joy-Con Drift is when... Your Joy-Cons, like, start moving on their on their own. So, say if you're not touching your controller, you just put it down on the floor, your character still moves. It's not like, oh, an auto-movement. That's, that's an error in the Joy-Con itself. So, and then you'll try to fix it, and then it'll still try to move. With Valkyrie Chronicles, it's a, a strategy game. It's like a strategy war game. So you move around the battlefield, and then you have to, when you stop to shoot, you have to aim at a person. So you're you're doing the aiming. So when I'm lining up a shot, I'll try to get the shot right, and I'll move the stick to the side, and it'll keep going. And I have to fight it to move it back, and I have to keep going back and forth with it until it just lets me do what I want to do. And it's been getting worse over the course of the month. And I normally play with my pro controller, but I left it at a friend's house, and I just haven't gotten it back yet, so I've been struggling with that, so that's another reason why I haven't finished the game, I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it, I don't want to deal with the last boss, and this Joy-Con drift problem, all at the same time, and I don't want to play any other games, because I know if it's annoying on a relatively, like, more, I want to say, like, tourney-based game, because there is a lot more active stuff to Valkyrie Chronicles, but it is more turn-based, like, I'm, I'm already struggling with that. Imagine how the fuck playing, like, Smash Bros. would be. That would be infuriating. <laughs> like, or, um, playing Pokemon, and you're trying to select a move, and it, your cursor keeps jumping all over the place, and you can't select the right move, so then you end up using, like, a ghost-type move on a normal type, and then you get bitch-slapped. <laughs> So, it, it, I haven't been wanting to play any other games besides Valkyrie Chronicles, because I'm just like, I'll deal with it. But, um, I want to finish it before the year ends, and I need to get my Pro Controller back. 
that's the main thing. Once I get my Pro Controller back, I don't have to fucking deal with those Joy-Cons. But, um, no, it's a serious issue, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy going over it. I believe a bunch of people, like, sued Nintendo, did, like, a big file, like, a big claim on them. I don't remember all the details of what happened. I wasn't paying attention to it very much, because, um, I didn't have the issue yet. I wasn't saying the issue was non-existent, just because I didn't have it, because that's a dumb thing to think. Just because it didn't happen to you doesn't mean it didn't happen. But, uh, <laughs> um... I asked what it was because I didn't know what Joy-Con drift was and somebody explained it to me. And I've been watching, I've seen some videos, some things talking about it. I just don't know too deep because I wasn't like super invested into that yet. But now that it's an issue for me personally, I want to dive into it some more and see what I can do to fix the problem. Because this shit is annoying. You'll already be like stressed out doing a battle in Valkyria Chronicles. (laughs) And um... You're just like, fuck, 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 fuck. So there's, there's this thing in Valkyrie Chronicles called Interception Fire. So when your character is moving, it's a shooting game. Like, uh, it's war. So you have, like, scouts. So they have rifles. And you have, like, shock troopers. They have machine guns. Snipers. Sniper rifles. Shit like that. So certain units will have Interception Fire. Where if it's your turn and you move within a range or a radius where the enemy can see, each unit has a different, like line of sight, they will shoot at you. Certain units won't. Like, Lancers, they're they're mainly there to shoot these giant kind of, like, rockets at tanks. They're anti-tank kind of units. They don't have interception fire, and they're the only unit without it. Some units don't get interception fire until they, like, advance up in rank. Like, snipers don't have interception fire initially. Shit like that. But if you get into their range or line of sight, they will shoot you as you're moving. So... (laughs) As you're moving into enemy territory, it's not like, oh, it's my turn, they won't shoot me. They will shoot you if they see you, so you have to be careful. The thing that's annoying with Joy-Con Drift with that is, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to run in, shoot this guy, take the time to line up my shot because the fucking Drift is bothering me. Then I want to hide behind this cover because hiding behind cover will reduce damage taken. And, like, I'll try to, like, crouch behind the cover and then end my turn, but my character keeps wanting to walk over the cover and walk into the line of fire, and it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> it's, it's... I'm going off on a tangent on Joy-Con Drift. So, uh... <laughs> Joy-Con Drift aside. <laughs> uh, let's get into that last thing I want to talk about before we ended up this year. This is really gonna be the last podcast of the year. How about that? Um, but I wanted to go into my favorite things of the decade that I brought up before, uh, two weeks ago. So favorite game, favorite anime, favorite album of the last 10 years. And why I pick them, what I really like about them, da 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 da. Um, I feel like for each of these, I could go... Deeper into detail, like, maybe do a whole podcast episode about each one. Possibly. Possibly I could do that. I'm not going to. (laughs) Maybe in the future. Not today, clearly, where (laughs) we too deep into this episode to pick one. Also, uh, this is the year-end kind of thing. But, uh, I'll start off with game. Because I feel like that one's going to be the easiest one to explain out of the three. 
So my favorite game of the last 10 years was, uh, and this is my opinion. <laughs> I want to I wanna clarify <laughs> that it's my opinion. <laughs> like, people, people like, like, oh, how is that the best game? When this game, I, I, I realize what games have come out in the last 10 years. I do. This is my opinion of my favorite one. Not which one I think is the absolute best. That's a whole different discussion if you want to have that discussion. This is my personal favorite. I have my reasons for it being my personal favorite. That's all this is. This isn't me saying this is the undisputed champ. This is me saying this is the one I like most. So. <laughs> my favorite game of the last ten years. Dragon Age Inquisition. Why is Dragon Age Inquisition my favorite game of the last ten years? Um, the main reason is Dragon Age as a series of games is my favorite game series. Period. Dragon Age is definitely my favorite game series currently of all time. Um, if you disagree with me, you disagree with me. That's okay. You know why? Because it's an opinion. This is my favorite game series. Um, I remember playing Origins way back. And like... I think the first time I ever played Origins was, I want to say 2010 or 2011. Uh, it was definitely before I graduated. But yeah, 2010 or 2011 was the first time I ever played a Dragon Age game. And I know Dragon Age Origins came out well a good chunk of years before 2010, 2011. But that's just when I played... A Dragon Age game. <laughs> that was the first time I played one. Um, and I I remember playing it, or getting it, because I was at a friend's house, and I was like, I need a new RPG to play, because I'm super into RPGs. Like, I, I just, I need a new RPG to play. And I was looking over games, and I picked, like, a few things. I picked Sleeping Dogs, which became one of my, I fucking love Sleeping Dogs. It's such an over-the-top game. I love Sleeping Dogs so much... I had it on Xbox 360 because I borrowed it from a friend. My friend was just like, dude, just keep it. Um, I ended up buying the Definitive Edition on the Xbox One. And then I think we also have it on PS4. <laughs> like, I, I, It's such a good game. It's such such a good game. Give Sleeping Dogs a shot. if you have, It's so over the top. You'll love it, though. Fun storyline. Um... But I got that, and I got Dragon Age Origins. I don't think I got anything else. I think I just picked up those two. And Origins... It doesn't... Origins, in terms of, like, setting, doesn't really have anything special about it. It's kind of, you know, like that medieval world with knights and magic and dragons and, and stuff like that. But I was super into that. Like, especially at that age, like, I, I was super into that fantasy world. Like, Final Fantasy and... Shit and things of that nature. Like, I like those kinds of worlds. I've, I've said that before. I like super fantasy-like worlds. Or, like, small town. Or, like, small town, one city kind of location kind of things. Those are, like, my favorite two kinds of settings. Like, it has to be set in, like, a city. Like, with Dorara. <laughs> or JoJo's Part 4. Shit like that. It has to be set in, like, small town, city-based kind of thing. Usually that's how I feel for more modern stuff. And then, when it's, like, fantasy, I love the big sprawling world to explore. I like those two aspects. But, um... I don't know, Dragon Age is cool. Dragon Age's lore is just... It goes so deep. Like, you you learn so much 
just from like listening to the intro to Origins. You like you you're just like holy shit, this happens because I believe I feel stupid for not knowing this for sure, but I believe it's like every hundred years is a new age. So you're currently in the dragon. That that's what the the year is called. It's the Dragon Age, which is why the game's called Dragon Age. But um, there's been ages before that. Uh, that's just how they mark their time. But I just remember seeing that intro and like hearing the lore and just being like, man, they are. N- trying to captivate you immediately, and then you create your character, choose your background. It felt so, like, it felt so D&D-like. I think that's why I enjoyed it, because it's just like, oh, you're this, and you choose your background, and it's just, that's something, like, those are common staples in in RPGs with character creation like that nowadays, especially, like, even back then, like, that was, like, par for the course, because Mass Effect did something very similar, but Bioware also made Mass Effect, but, um... I don't know what it was that, like, captivated me about it, but I really liked it. The story is... And then when you play and learn the story, that's when you're just like, that's why this game is so good. Its storyline is fucking fantastic. Dragon Age Origin storyline is is great. I think if you have to choose, like, the best aspect from each game, if you had to choose which one had the best story... Probably Dragon Age Origins, I would say. Um, the the classic that classic uh, story, like you're uh, depending on your background, you're whatever, whatever. But regardless of what background you choose, what race you choose, because you can be a human, an elf, or a dwarf. Uh, regardless of what background you choose, where you start, what class you are, you end up being recruited as this thing called a Grey Warden. A Grey Warden is Someone, it's it's an order of people who essentially uh, kill these demonic entities known as Darkspawn. Darkspawn happened because it's a, it's a long story. <laughs> Play Dragon Age if you want to know more about that. But pretty much, the way of becoming a Grey Warden after training, you have to gain what is called a taint. And pretty much, you do a ritual where you drink Darkspawn blood. <laughs> um, if you survive, because you can very well fucking die from this, you end up... Having, like, this link to the Archdemon, and the Archdemon is pretty much the leader of the Darkspawn, like, or a very powerful demon that has control over the other Darkspawn. And so you can sense when, like, a, str- a strong amount of Darkspawn are nearby, this and that. You're you're pretty much, like, a soldier made to destroy these things. And it's kind of a dark path, because at the end of it all, you, you start to kind of lose your mind when you, after, after you've been doing it for a long time, like, the taint eventually takes you, and you end up going into this underground, like, abandoned place called the Deep Roads, where Grey Wardens spend the last of their days there to die, or be killed, because they're a danger just lurking around once the taint has overtaken them too much. So it's sad, but, you know, some people do it because they gotta, they're doing it for the just cause. But... I, I played that game. I really enjoyed it. I didn't play any DLC at the time when I first played it. I only played Origins. I didn't play Awakening or any other DLC involved in Dragon Age Origins. Um, then I met a buddy a few, like a year and a half later, after I had graduated school. So, a year or two later, depending on when I actually did play Origins. And uh, he was like, oh, dude, you play Dragon Age? Oh, this and that, da, da, da. And he started talking about Dragon Age 2, and I had never played it. Um, 
a friend, his mom was super in the Dragon Age as well, and she was like, here, and she gave me Dragon Age 2 for the PC. I was like, yo, this is dope. And I had a laptop, and I remember, I remember playing Dragon Age 2 so fondly because my laptop was not built <laughs> to play games at all. <laughs> so it worked. I was able to play Dragon Age 2, but <laughs> there'd be times where the game would, you know, freeze up and you kind of have to wait for it to load. The loading times between areas could be like really, really long because my computer couldn't handle the game, and that, that's sad, because Dragon Age 2 isn't, like, the most demanding game, <laughs> but my my computer was not a gaming computer at all, but I, I played it, dude, and I think Dragon Age 2 sticks out, because what it lacks in, like, Exploration is also probably, like, one of the better things in Origins 2. I think Inquisition does a great job with it, too. But Inquisition, what 2 lacked in kind of, like, story... Like, the story was good, just not as strong. Or, like, world, because in Dragon Age 2, you stay in the city of Kirkwall. You stay in this one city throughout the whole game. You're, that's what your character is, That's where your character is located and building a name for themselves, and that's where the story takes place. Um, what they lacked in that, they made up for with characters. I feel like... Your companions in Dragon Age 2 are probably the best lineup of companions. This is my opinion. I I like the companions in all the games. Um, but your companion lineup in Dragon Age 2 is just solid. Like, I, lo- I loved all those characters. Every single one of them. No, that's a lie. I didn't love all of them. There's one of them I hate, but that's that's because of plot. There's some story reasons why I don't, I don't fuck with that name. <laughs> And, um, some characters are, are there any recurring characters from Origins in 2? I don't think so. No, the one dude I'm thinking about that I hate, he is a returning character from Origins, but he's in the, there's a DLC expansion that's kind of like a pseudo-ish sequel to Dragon Age Origins called Dragon Age Origins Awakening. And he's a new companion that joins you during that portion of the story. So if you played Awakening and and then you played 2, he's not a new person. He was new to me when I first played. Because I didn't play Awakening the first time I played Origins. So I didn't know who he was. But, um... Oh, and Isabella. (laughs) Like, Isabella is a reoccurring character who becomes a, a companion in two. She's not playable in Origins, though. She's someone you, you you meet during your travels in Origins, but she's not... She doesn't join your team. But, uh, yeah, they have stuff like that. I, I don't know. Like, the characters... Because you, you, it takes place in a city, so everyone's kind of, like, smart mouth. Uh, there's, like, cutthroats. The shady town underground. You gotta know the lingo, the market. I don't know. I like the vibe to it. It was like that that city, small town vibe, but in a more medieval setting. And so I feel like they they actually did a really good job. And, like, going back when I replayed Dragon Age 2, uh, which was, like, a year ago? Or a little more than a year ago I replayed Dragon Age 2? I replayed all the Dragon Age games. But um, going back and playing that again, I remember being like, yo, this game is actually pretty good. I used to be like, eh, that game was whatever. But now, like, when I replayed it, I really liked it. And I liked the characters. Also... 
I built my uh my the character I made for that game, my character personally, my favorite character I've ever made in a Dragon Age game. I loved making her. She was dope. <laughs> Cause I just made her a smart ass. So every time she had a line of dialogue, even though it wasn't like a dialogue choice, since I had already picked smart ass remarks, that just became her character automatically. So <laughs> So she was just she was just like a like a troll. She was just a big ass jokester, and it worked well with other characters, like with Isabella and um, Varric especially. Like their banter was really fucking good. Like the banter in that game is great too. Um, but I remember playing through that, and then Inquisition had come out, and I was excited to play Inquisition. Playing Inquisition was a fucking struggle <laughs> for several reasons. Um. When I had my Xbox 360, I never got extra storage for it because I bought all my games on disc. So the only time I needed storage, the only thing I needed storage space for was DLC or save data. It didn't have to install anything, like a game or anything. Because this console generation, you got to install all the data on from a disc onto a game, whether it be digital or disc. But before, it only had to be data. Um, <laughs> I got Origin or Inquisition for Christmas. I couldn't play it. Because the game was so big <laughs> that it needed to install extra data for the, maps, for the map layouts. And I didn't have the storage space. So, when I first got Inquisition... I could not play Inquisition because I purely did not have the storage space for it. So what I had to do uh, is get extra storage, an extra hard drive. My birthday is in January. So for my birthday, one of my friends, I was just like, yo, dude, can you just give me a hard drive for my birthday? <laughs> so he, he, got me, he got me a hard drive for some, 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 for some storage. Um, so I finally could start playing. Problem... Uh, we didn't have a nicey nice TV yet, or at least in my room. We had, like, the big bubble-back fat TV. So the screen resolution isn't that good. This game was built for better screen resolution. I could not read any of the text on the screen at all, period. I could not read it. It was, like, grainy. There was no way to really enlarge it. I couldn't see what was going on. So you're like, yeah, you can pay attention to the story, but like sometimes you you want to. There's lore that you have to read, or you're like, what was I supposed to be doing again? And you look it up in your journal. But I can't. I couldn't read it. <laughs> I couldn't read what any abilities exactly did, or their stats, what what buffs or debuffs they caused, because I couldn't read any of the text on the screen due to my TV being too old. So then I really didn't. I, I just eventually like slowed it. <coughs> oh my god. I don't know what that was. All the moisture in my mouth just vanished from existence. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jesus. All the moisture in my mouth was just immediately gone, evaporated. But where is that? Oh, I, I, I eventually like got frustrated and just stopped playing. But um, when it ended up happening was... I think, like, this was, like, over a year or two later. 
like a year and a half a year. This, this is wild. Like this is my favorite game <laughs> because a year or two later, I never finished that game until like two years after I got it, just because I couldn't enjoy playing it because I couldn't read. Uh, I couldn't read the text on my old ass screen. I I can read just fine. <laughs> I ended up getting a job. My like my first job. I got better stuff. Uh, I bought a monitor off one of my buddies, and I used that to. It was like a computer monitor, and I hooked up my 360 to it. I had all the connection ports for it, and I used that, and I could finally play Inquisition. <laughs> so. That's when I actually played through the game. <laughs> and was it worth the journey? I think it was. Inquisition, like I said, Origins has the best story. Dragon Age 2, I think, has the best characters. I think I had the most fun in actual combat in Inquisition. And that might seem like, well, your only reason for liking Inquisition was that the combat was better. What about the story of the characters? I Just because Origins had better story and 2 had better characters doesn't mean that the characters and story in Inquisition were bad. I really like the plot to Inquisition. I like how everything was getting, like, everything came together in that game from the first two in a nice little neat bow. Characters from previous games made appearances, like Liliana showed up, even though she wasn't playable, she was an advisor. Uh, Colin made his third appearance, uh, still not playable, but, you know, he, he was also an advisor. Uh, Varric returned from Dragon Age 2, who is my favorite fucking companion of all time. <laughs> so you had all these reoccurring faces show up, uh, you knew about certain aspects of the lore, from the previous two games, so you're just like, oh, I remember that, oh, I remember that, they talk about the Mage in the Templar Rebellion, which is triggered from the events of Dragon Age 2, <laughs> so it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, I caused that, <laughs> um, your character from Dragon Age 2 makes an appearance in Inquisition, and if you have your save data transferred over, you can freely customize them. They don't, like, import your exact character design, but you can, like, customize the face and, like, the body and all of that stuff uh, if you transfer your save data over. If not, they just default the the champion of Kirkwall to, like, the generic white dude hawk. And <laughs> uh, let me tell you, transferring that save data is a pain in the ass, but I did that shit. <laughs> but all that stuff together plus the gameplay, I, I really, really, really liked the way the game played because uh, I don't have a problem with point-and-click kind of things, especially uh, especially considering RPGs. It's like, yeah, it's point-and-click because you want to focus more on your strategy, like what moves are you using, what buffs are you using, this and that. So, yeah, you want to just press a button, auto-attack, do your abilities in the right pattern, switch between characters for different situations, strategize, plan things out, form your teams properly. There's a lot of aspects that still go into point-and-click kind of RPG games. But with Inquisition, it felt more like you actively had to be in the moment, like actually fighting, like you would hold down the button to attack and you would let it go to stop auto-attacking in your chain. You do different abilities. You can. I felt like I had more freedom in the action in Inquisition than in the other two games, and I like that. And it still kept a good chunk of its strategy. It lost a lot of, like, Dungeons & Dragon-like customization in terms of skill points and what you could use your points for. They kind of just auto-leveled you based on your class. 
but you could still choose like your loadouts, your teams. There is more armor customization too. Like what they lacked in like a skill department, like you know, oh I'll focus on learning poisons and stuff. Like what what they lacked in that they made up for in uh, armor customization because you had a forge where you could cut, like make weapons and armor, but you could like craft them better. Like this one has penetration against such and such and this one actually deals fire damage because you put this rune on it and this armor is fire resistant and this and it does so you could customize your gear to the build of your character so if you wanted someone to be more tanky you would build a more tanky armor for them you would build stuff that could receive more damage and then just choose the skill sets that would attract enemy attention towards that character and they just be able to tank it all in and take the aggro but um so I, I feel like the, the there's still like deep customization and planning in that game. It just got moved to a different area, uh, and I really like the way it felt. And the storyline, like I said, not as good as Origins. I still think it's better than Twos, and then characters not as good as Twos. I think they're a little better than Origins. So it kind of just was like. It was in the middle for those two aspects, but the gameplay is just really, really good. And just that all-encompassing feeling of this kind of like... This wasn't... this. Of course, it's not the end of the game. If you play through all the DLC, which I did the second time I played. I, I had streamed Dragon Age back when I was streaming. That was one of the... That was the first game I was actually like actively stream streaming. And I played through all three games and all the DLC. All the DLC. I think the only DLCs I didn't play were ones that were unavailable to me to get. But they were just like extra items or loot. Like anything story-wise that was DLC or new characters that were DLC, I played through. I played every little bit. (laughs) Everything. And I remember getting to that DLC right at the end of Inquisition with the whole uh, the Trespasser DLC where you learn about Solus's true nature personally face to face of what he's planning on doing and then like you know the inquisitor had to give up his arm and you, and it's just like ooh a war is starting boys so though BioWare has had a rocky few years when it comes to Andromeda which I think wasn't that bad of a game I'm going to be perfectly honest Andromeda was fine it just wasn't as good as the original Mass Effect games, but that's okay. I still had a fun time with it. Hella glitchy, though. Um, and Anthem. Hopefully they are revamping Anthem into, Anthem into like a 2.0 experience. That's that's pretty much what's been said is going on, so hopefully we'll see how that goes. I think flying in Anthem is fun as fuck, regardless of everything else. Um, they've had some rocky few games, but I... I'm excited for Dragon Age still just because of the Dragon Age series. So I think it sounds more like Dragon Age is my favorite game of the decade, but Origins, I think, came out before 2010, so I can't really say that. But I know for a fact Inquisition is my favorite of that trilogy. And I just, I I could go back, just talking about them made me want to play them again. I was like, I'll do another playthrough, fuck it. And you want to know how much I like Inquisition? To transfer your save data from to to transfer your save data from origins to two all you had to do was have the save data read on the card on the or on the the save data and all your choices and info what happened to your gray warden because different things can happen depending on your choices all that stuff gets transferred over your world state essentially 
if you wanted to transfer your world state from two to Inquisition, <laughs> you had to log into this thing called uh, Dragon Keep online on EA's servers, upload your saved data to that, so you got to link your little EA account to your game so the saved data can transfer up, and then all your choices are there. So once you do that, you you can go to a little tapestry thing in the Dragon Keep and, like, choose certain things to upload a world state, but, like, the characters you created won't be there because of your saved data. So I had to do that. So when I when I was first streaming, I was like, all right, fuck that. I don't feel like doing that. And then I thought about it as, like, I really, really want my, uh, I really want my, uh, what's it called? My characters from the previous game and my choices to be in the game. So before I stream the next day, I just played through the intro of the game again after logging into the Dragon Keep and doing all of that. But then, <laughs> when I got to the point where you would start seeing choices, there are certain things I noticed. Like, uh, in my playthrough of Origins, Aurora and Alistair do not get together. Um, because I had Alistair kill Logan Because I felt like he deserved it more. I felt like Alistair deserved the right to finish Logan off. And I kill Logan. Fuck Logan. Terry Logan sucks. Um... <laughs> But uh, I had Alistair do it. So then Aurora didn't want to marry him because she clearly he killed her her father. So she was like, well, I don't want to go through with the deal anymore because I don't want to be with a dude that murdered my father regardless of what my father did. And I just had her locked up. I didn't kill her. So Alistair is supposed to rule by himself. But when I got to that point where he shows up for that little cameo in Inquisition, him and Aurora were there. So I was like, what the fuck? Did my choice not go through? And then I really knew my choice didn't go through when I got to, to Haven, which is the second little hub place you get due to story reasons. Um, and you meet with the champion of Kirkwall. And it was default Hawk. And I was like, no, my choice didn't get transferred over. No, no. And I was like, fuck, I got to live with this shit now. And I was really bummed and I kind of just ended the stream that day because I was like, I don't really, ugh. And I went back to the tapestry, made sure my save data got transferred through correctly onto it, restarted the game again, and I played through, I burnt through that bitch, bro. I spent all day playing before before I was supposed to stream that day to get back to, to Haven and made sure I had the right Inquisitor. And I, and I told people on stream I did that. I was like, yo... I just spent the last, like, seven hours doing all this stuff again. Because I wanted my decisions to go through. I was like, what was the point of making those choices if I don't get to see them all the way through? <laughs> That's how dedicated I was to the cause. And I was just like, no, fuck that. We're <laughs> we, we doing this right. So, yeah, I, I played through the start of Dragon Age Inquisition three times on stream to get my world state correct. <laughs> I do not regret it. I do not regret it. And now that my origin, my world state is saved to that Origins account, I don't have to do that shit ever again. <laughs> I wonder how that's going to work for 4. Like, do they expect people to... Because the Dragon Keep thing is still active. Like, you can still do that. Because I did it. It's still active. As far as, I'm, as, far as I know, because I played, I played Inquisition on stream in 2018. 
So, as far as I know, you can still do that. Because uh, <laughs> Dragon Age 4 is supposed to come out, what, like 2022? Or 2021 or something like that? They When they did the announcement, they were like, it's probably going to be like three or four years away. So, are we going to have to do the Dragon's Keep thing again? Because I have Dragon Age Origins on the Xbox One. And even though the new Xbox and the new PlayStation are coming out, I feel like by the time 4 comes out, you still should be able to get some games on the previous gen consoles as well. If I'm not mistaken, hopefully they do that, just like how they did with PS3 and Xbox 360. Because um, I, I don't want to do the Dragon Keep thing again. I don't remember my login for the Dragon Keep. I would have to go through the whole process of trying to like password recovery it. Oh my god. I hope like I don't know. I don't know what they I hope there's like it could just read the fact that you have the save data. Cause then at that but then at that point I'd have to get Dragon Age 4 on Xbox. Well it wouldn't matter. If there was multiplayer to it, I don't know if I would even play it. I believe there was some kind of multiplayer to Inquisition. I never played it though. I think the servers were were down by the time I was really like replaying Inquisition anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I think there was something like that for it online. Some kind of online aspect. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, that's just a memorable experience. Especially replaying it. Replaying those games on stream just like back to back to back. Having that be like a full series playthrough. Oh, God, I loved it. And I love those characters. I love each one of my, my main characters. Love my Warden, love my Champion of Kirkwall, love my Inquis Inquisitor. Champion of Kirkwall is definitely my favorite. <laughs> she's, she's fucking great. But the Warden and uh, the Inquisitor are, are dope too. And I tried to make them all different. And that was cool, like, due to the choices. Like, uh, my Warden was kind of like... I essentially called him an asshole with a heart of gold. Like, he was, like, really rude. Because he came from nobility. So I wanted to kind of have an attitude of, like, looking down on others here and there. But then as the game progresses, he he kind of is willing to help out more. Even though he's still kind of a douchebag. Not even a smartass. Like, a douchebag. He's mean. But he, he means well. And then, like, my hero, my champion of Kirkwall was the smartass, like, she's really cool, she's fun to get along with, she's an asshole, like a, like a troll, she likes to joke around a lot, clown things, even in serious situations, and then my Inquisitor was, like, I wanted him to be someone who didn't want to be a hero, that ends up being a hero, so he, he, he was very, like, on the side of justice, but he didn't really want to be involved with this stuff, and then as the game progresses, he becomes more of, like, that, that, uh, straightforward, like, I'm the hero of the, this, like, I'm the leader, we're gonna do what is right for the world, and I wanted them, and I feel like they're all very different characters, because if Dragon Age 4 happens and you see your other characters from previous games, fingers crossed we finally see our fucking warden again, um, it'd be cool to see them interact, like, it'd be cool to see those characters interact, especially since we're gonna be making another new character in Dragon Age 4, and also, I'm probably... Uh, I don't know what class I'm going to be. I think I'm... Because the only things I have in play... I was a rogue in one. I was a rogue dual weapon in Origins. I was a mage in Dragon Age 2. And I was a two-handed warrior in, in Inquisition. So, I'm either going to be a weapon and shield warrior next game, or a rogue archer. Uh, so, I don't know yet. We'll see. 
But damn, I talked about that game a lot. I barely have time to talk about the other two things. Um, fuck. <laughs> I wish I hadn't done that. Uh, Durarara is my favorite anime of the decade, though. Why is Durarara my favorite anime of the decade? Well, my friends. My friends, my friends, my friends. I can't really explain that. <laughs> uh, Durarara, first off, is my second favorite anime series of all time. The only thing that I like more than Durarara is Yu Yu Hakusho. But Yu Yu Hakusho did not come out this decade. <laughs> um, the thing about Durawa is Durawa Durawa is or was the fact that it was so random and unknown, and it's one of those things that grabbed me from the start because I didn't know what the fuck it was. It just suddenly appeared one day. Back when I would watch anime on Toonami late night, Durawa just started airing without warning, without announcement, without notification. Like, we didn't know it was going to play in a time slot. It just started playing. And I remember me and my friends being hella confused because we were like, what the fuck is this show even supposed to be? And we felt that way for, like, the first four episodes. And it was, like, the first four episodes of Durabara are so weird because it's like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Like... They keep showing all these different characters and these different aspects and these different times of day. But then you're like, is it the same day, just different people? What is this about? Is this like some kind of anthology? <laughs> what is going on? And then when you get to episode five, you started, you kind of start piecing it together. You're like, oh, okay, things are starting to make sense now because this person is doing this. But that's why this person's doing that, which caused this person. And like everyone is connected. Everyone in the city doing something is connected to somebody else. Whether they know someone else, they bumped into somebody else, they were introduced to a mutual friend, they're enemies. Like, we now have, like, these establishing links of why the plot is going the way it's going. And then from there, you kind of have to figure out what the big thing is of that that particular arc. Because you can split Dorara up into five parts. There's kind of, like, five little arcs. And that's how every arc kind of goes. You're, like... Get those first few episodes trying to figure out what's happening. And then you're like, okay, I kind of get it. And then you're trying to piece together the mystery before they tell you. So it's kind of like a fun little thing to do. And I remember re-watching the whole thing with uh, one of my friends. And he's he's really good at... Uh, he's really good at um, solving mysteries for stories, whether they be animes or just regular shows. He, he, he can predict the plot really well. That doesn't make it a bad plot. That just he's just really good at doing that. And the only time I've really seen him like super stumped on something has been Dorara. Like he'd be half right every time. He's like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. And he told me, I'm like, you almost had it. Like there's just like little aspects that he just quite didn't get his finger on. And it was really funny to see like him like like yo, what the fuck is going on? Like just really stressed out as he's trying to like piece together what's about to happen and Dorara is weird because it's not even like really a shonen but it has some great action scenes it has like some great it feels like life it's like life exaggerated is what Dorara is I don't want to say it feels exactly like life because there's a lot of like unrealistic supernatural stuff going on in that story but it's 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 just the life in the city like really exaggerated and this the main character there is, like, a defined main character, but everyone 
can be a main character. The main main character moves into the town, and he just wants to feel like he's more than like normal or generic. He wants to feel a part of something, like deeper. And the city's so unique and full of these fantastic and amazing kinds of people, whether they just be like these delivery drivers who used to run a gang, be in a gang. Um, this dude with unimaginable strength that no one knows why he can just like pick up a uh, a stop sign and sh- chuck it at you. Uh, some black dude who has a Russian accent that runs a sushi place. Like, there's all these weird fucking people in the world in the city, and he wants to feel like he can truly be a part of that. He doesn't want to be the observer on the outside looking in. He wants to be in that circle. And if you had to pinpoint the main the main character, it would be him, and his goal is to. Be involved in that, and that's what stirs the pot a lot of the time in certain plots. And his character um, devolving and evolving from there into something else halfway through the story is what is really, really cool, because he starts to kind of take this darker path, because he's doing anything he can to be a part of that world. He doesn't want to be left behind by everyone else. He doesn't want to be that observer. And the lengths he's willing to go as he starts becoming kind of more deranged and more sinister is like, yo, what the fuck happened to this kid? Like, it's it's a good little wild. And that's like one character's arc. That's one character's arc. There's so many people. The thing I think is really cool about Dorara that I really like is there that there's so many people that they manage to balance out really well. I don't want to say everyone's equally balanced, but everyone who gets screen time gets the screen time they needed to get. Like, the amount of screen time they got, they didn't need any more or any less than that. So you're always going to find... When you watch the Rara, you're going to find it. There's there's no way you're not going to find at least one person you like. You could, like, say you hate the story, but you're like, I like this character, though. Because there's so many people with so many different personalities that conflict with each other. So it's this... There's no way you're not going to find a character you like. Like, <laughs> And my favorite two were that main character I was talking about, Mikado Ryugamine. And my other favorite character is uh, Shizuo Hiwajima. Uh, <laughs> the cool thing of Shizuo's whole thing is uh, he's the muscle for like a debt collector, debt collecting agency. But he, ever since he was a kid, he's always had, like, a really short temper. And for some reason, his uh, adrenaline, like, the rage pumping through his body when he gets mad, it, like, drastically increases his strength. So ever since he was a kid, he's been able to, like, pick up a fridge and, like, huck it at somebody if he got too mad. And he always lost control of his temper, but he would, like, break his bones as a result because his body wasn't strong enough to handle throwing that kind of stuff, but he got stronger and stronger as he went through it, and he's not being angry for the sake of being angry, he just has this temper, and he wants to be understood, and not fucking be bothered, he doesn't like, really, he really doesn't like fighting, and he wants friends, and he wants to be cool, and he just wants to be liked, and it's hard for him to do it, because everyone just sees him as this brute, or this monster, and they're just like, oh, it's fucking Shizuo, and he, he gets pissed, and starts just blowing through everyone, and, He's a very, like, misunderstood kind of person. And that's what pisses him off, too. Like, if you misunderstand him, he gets mad. Like, he, he has a really short fuse, but he's a good guy. 
<laughs> and his character, I, I really, really like, too, because you, the more you see him, the more you get to know him, you're just like, dude, he just wants to be left the fuck alone. I feel it. Like, that's all he wants. He's very thankful for his friend giving him the job at the debt collecting agency. He doesn't like causing trouble. There's one point where he's getting arrested at his job, and instead of causing, like, a big scene and getting angry and fighting, he peacefully goes into police custody because he doesn't want to hassle his boss. Like, he, do, he doesn't want to give any more trouble to his boss. He's a nice dude, but as soon as he finds out who ended up putting him in jail, who called the cops on him, oh, he goes into a rage because there's another character that he uh, they fucking hate each other. He's just more aggressive in the hate. <laughs> and as soon as he finds out, he's just like, I'm going to kill this son of a bitch. And he's pissed. So... Uh, I, I could go more and more into the raw. I'm not going to have time to go into the album. Oh. I guess next podcast of the the first 2020 podcast, we'll talk about my favorite album from that last decade. Maybe go into the Ross some more. Maybe do a Darabba Ross themed podcast. I don't know. Maybe do a Dragon Age podcast too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I'm not going to have enough time to go into the last thing. I talked about Dragon Age way too much because I went to the... I went through all the games, just my whole story with encountering it, but, um, <laughs> Dorabara I could talk about more, too. Um, and Dorabara is based off of, of light novels. I actually have the first two light novels. I eventually am going to buy them all. It's just going to take some more time to, to get them all. They're not, they're not expensive. It's just like, eh, over time. Once I, you know, I have to have the time to finish reading the second book before I just end up buying the third one. So, I'm thinking every time when I finish one of the books, I'll just read the next one. They're not very long books, too. It's just, you know, making time to read. So, once I finish the second one, I'll read the third one. Third one read the, and there's, there's 13 books. There are, they're light novels, too. So, like I said, they're short. And, for the most part, it's the same storyline. I know there's some differences here and there that I'm going to encounter, especially later. I know there's some differences in certain events going down. But it's nothing, like, too extreme. Like, the anime doesn't go too far off from where the light novels go, especially considering the main plot, as far as I know. For all I know, during the last, like, two, three books, it could be completely different. But, um, I also know there's, like, kind of like this sequel series that takes place in a time skip. And I might want to get that, too. I don't know if it's translated yet, because it took a long time just for the, the original light novel series to be translated. And then I believe there's a manga adaptation of the light novel series. I don't know if that's done or not. And then we have our anime. Uh, also, all of Dorora's opening slap, except for opening five. Opening five's ending is the best endings theme, though. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to make the sequel books like into a show, too. I would love that. I would love more Dorora. It's also not very long. Like I said, you could split... Split it up into five parts, and that'd be like 12 to 13 episodes apart. It's like 60-something episodes. It's on Hulu, subbed and dubbed. I believe it's also on Netflix. I don't know if, I don't know about the sub or the dub, though, because I normally watch Hulu. But it's subbed and dubbed on Hulu, because I remember I watched the whole series subbed as it was airing. And then when everything got dubbed, I watched the whole series again dubbed. And then I watched it all the way through dubbed again when my friend was watching it. So, I'd be down to watch Dorara, Dorara again. 
definitely, definitely uh, an underrated gem, even though, like I said, everything's underrated, everything's overrated. Definitely my favorite series to come out in the last ten years. I absolutely fucking adored it. Um, but I think we're going to end the podcast of the year here. Very anticlimactic-like, but like I said, I was just going to go through some last-minute things, talking about what I was planning to do for next year, what to expect, my favorite stuff. Games I'm expecting to play next year, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Persona 5 Royale, Persona 5 Scramble, maybe Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. We'll see how that goes. But I'm going to roll out now, guys. Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. Have a good next... See you next year. <laughs> but anywho. Um, if there's not a podcast next week, there'll be one the week after that. It just all depends on on the timing of that. But I might take a week off before we come back with the Season 2 thing. But uh, see you guys later. Enjoy your New Year's Eve. Enjoy your New Year's Day. And I'm out. Also, also support Support Art Project's Facebook page if you want more information on what's going to be happening with Season 2, what's going to be happening with uh, Another Random Tale, what's going to be happening with uh, music in that case, da-da-da-da-da, all the stuff of me. Um, Shameless, selfish, uh, self-centered plug, I know, but, you know. Just living my life. Uh, So go ahead and like Art Project's Facebook page. Please, please do so. Uh, Happy early New Year's, guys. Later.